The supreme act of forgiveness is when you can forgive yourself for all the wounds you've created in your own life. Forgiveness is an act of self-love. When you forgive yourself, self-acceptance begins and self-love grows. Don Miguel Ruiz Hello again and welcome to Beauty Beyond the Ashes, a support podcast to inspire and encourage women of faith while navigating the process of self-forgiveness to release and live beyond the guilt and shame of their past choices. I am the creator and your host, Tanya B. Jones. Hello, hello, my sister friends. Welcome back to Beauty Beyond the Ashes podcast. And I thank you for joining me again today. Um, Today is going to be one of those days where I share some pretty vulnerable stuff. Um, So bear with me. Um, I shared that quote in the beginning because it really speaks to me. And one of the things about that quote that really hit home for me is where it talks about the wounds we've created in our own lives. And that is... A profound statement. It shares that the supreme act of forgiveness is when you can forgive yourself. You can forgive someone else, right? And then push them off aside or not deal with them. And that makes it a little bit easier for the forgiveness. But when there's self-forgiveness, you can't push yourself aside. You can't tell yourself, um, I don't want to talk to you no more. I don't want to be around you. Or just tell yourself that you're not good for me. So I have to distance myself in the relationship, right? You can't do that with yourself. So that means you really have to deal with some things. That means you have to work on it. And it tells you that it is an act of self-love. And in that self-love, it helps you to come into a self-acceptance of where you've been. And that helps you to grow. It helps you to expand who you are. I shared in the last episode that I had been to a retreat and God laid up on my heart. He actually brought it back to me this past week for me to go and open this journal And I have a journal entry that I read and immediately God laid it on my heart for me to share. And it's pretty hard. In this journal, there is a scripture at the bottom of each page. And the journal was given to me by my husband. And it's a journal that is specific for me. So my name is in the scripture somewhere on the bottom of the page. And on this particular journal entry, the scripture says, Tanya, and we know that for those who love the Lord, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. And this is going to be very profound when you consider where I am today. So this entry was written on February 26, 2021. And it reads, it's the last Friday of the month and I am in Texas. I want to be free, free of shame, free of guilt, free of bondage. And I believe this is the weekend that will begin. This is the weekend of healing. 
This is the weekend I find forgiveness once and for all. I am here to attend a post-abortive retreat. I hate that word, spoken or written. It gives me anxiety and pulls something in me. I don't even know what that is, but it is something ugly that pulls at me. So this weekend, I will release the ugliness. I know God has brought me here and he is going to do something amazing, amazing for me, amazing in me. And what is to come is him doing something amazing through me. I am available, God. I am open before you this weekend. Do with me as you please. Help me to shut out any negative thought. Help me to focus on you. Focus on my healing. Focus on giving you my all. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to feel whole. I love you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, amen. So this journal entry was written when I was sitting in the parking lot at the retreat before I went in. And I had just finished praying and I wanted to write down my thoughts. So when I went back and read that and kind of sat and took in where I am right now and the truth of the statements that I wrote and how profound they have been in my life. So I I absolutely know that the hard work pays off. And we talked about that last week in the episode Hard work is hard work. So this is kind of going to be a part two for that. And in doing the hard work, it's going to require that you revisit those times where you made those uh, bad decisions, the decisions that keep you stuck. So it required that I went back as well. And I remember my therapist told me that I can't judge my 17-year-old self with the knowledge that I have at 50. And that is very true. I can't judge my decisions when I was 17 by what I've gained in life at 50. It, it, it doesn't, it's not going to be healthy for me. So I had to take myself back to who I was at 17 I was, I had the privilege of being on the cover and featured in the November 2021 issue of Zealous Women magazine. That's a magazine in Lake Charles, Louisiana. The CEO is Miss Teresa Bellard, and she's an amazing woman of God. And God laid on her heart to ask me to be in that magazine in March of 2021. That was two weeks after I came back from my retreat and the feature that she had already pegged for me was November, 2021, six months later. And she said, God had given her that date. And it's so profound that God gave me time to prepare what I needed to say in the magazine article. And in that article I did, I talked about what had been revealed to me about myself as a child and as a teenager. And at that time, I was not 
aware of who I was. I was not aware of what I needed in my life. So I was on the search for whatever it was very early on in my teens. And I share in the magazine that it wasn't that I felt I was lacking love at home. I know my mom loved me, but there was something missing. And so I went on a search to find that. And in doing that, I became pregnant. Now, let me share with you the circumstances surrounding my decision, which when you're working on forgiving yourself for a decision, you're going to have to dive into your thoughts and your feelings at the time of your decision so that you can have a clear understanding of what you are presented with. When I found out I was pregnant, of course, I went into panic mode. And my mind went to the fact that I was leaving for school, that my mom would be so hurt and disappointed, and that I would disappoint everyone who had stood behind me in school. And um, school was very important to me because it was one of those things that gave me self-worth because I was a good student. And on top of all of that, we were struggling. We were not financially sound. All of those things bombarded me at once. But what I did was I sent a letter to the father of my child who was at boot camp at the time. And I did receive a call back. <laughs> of course, it was on a weekend that I wasn't in town. And you have to remember, this was 35 years ago. And we didn't have cell phones. And we had answering machines at home. Um, that were sitting on the counter. It wasn't even one where it went through the, the line. These were ones where you push the button. You all remember. <laughs> you push the button and push play and then rewind so that you could have enough room for the rest of the messages that came in. Yeah, that long ago. So I um, got the message and the message said, sorry, I missed you. I'll try to call you again. And, you know, it's funny because there are some things in my life that I absolutely do not remember. My childhood is one of them. I have plugs that are missing from my childhood. But this, I remember words. I remember feelings. I remember thoughts. I don't, I didn't forget that. So... Um, I did receive that phone call and then, y'all, my heart is beating so fast. I just want to be open and vulnerable with you. My heart is beating fast and my lips are dry and I'm a little anxious, but I am here and I am going to do this because this is going to help somebody. So I received that phone call. And then shortly thereafter, I received another phone call from a couple of people that were very close to him. And they told me that he had, you know, made some statements contrary to um, what the situation actually was. And it was at that moment that I lost it. I lost my ability to think. I lost any ability to reason 
and everything flooded me with fear and uncertainty and just how, how can I, what can I do? And the abortion came to mind and it was so, it happened. And in my healing process, not only did I have to recognize that the 17-year-old Tanya panicked and made that decision, I had to forgive the people who called me that precipitated me making that decision because they were acting in their 17, 18 year old selves as well. And that was extremely hard, but I didn't come to terms with that until after the retreat, because at the retreat, that was, that was one of my touchy points that I was struggling with. But in therapy, it helped me to understand myself And then in turn, it helped me to understand others who played roles in my decision that I was holding blame to. So I was able to release even that. I I don't have to get anyone to ask me to forgive them. I am forgiving them. Let me show you how God works. So I went off to college and I was in a math class. And remember how I said that I have plugs of things that are missing? I cannot tell you what happened before this event. And I can't tell you what happened after this event. But I know this event happened. And I can recall it so well. I was in math class. And I remember a young man coming up to me saying, you look so familiar. I don't know where I know you from. And, you know, we talked, kind of gave a little background or whatever. And then the following week, he came back to me and he had this excitement about him. And he was like kind of rambling and going on and on. And he said the person's last name. And he said, I know you from him. Your picture was in his locker. You're his girl. I remember when we had to go to first sergeant and request that he get an additional phone call because he had just found out his girl was pregnant. And we were able to convince the the Sarge to let him make that phone call, but you weren't home. And he looked at me and he pointed and he pointed to my stomach and he said, how's it going? And that is where my memory ends of that. But let me show you how God works. That was so important in my forgiveness of the person I was pregnant with because I was under the impression that he did not want it and that he disowned it. And to find out that was not the case offered some healing for the two of us and brought some closure and forgiveness from him to me. This played a part later on in life. It wasn't, it it played a more important part later on in life when it came to forgiving myself 
because God brought that back to me to help me along the way. And this is all God. Every bit of my healing is God. But my healing only began when I was willing to face it, address it, and talk about it. And let me say this, secrecy is the sibling of guilt and shame. They live together. They live together. So especially women of faith, we hold secrets because we're afraid that we're going to be judged. We're afraid that people will view us differently. We're afraid that we will be condemned by the church by the very people that we are supposed to be able to come with our confessions for healing. So we do all this stuff to ourselves because we believe that we deserve it and the guilt and the shame builds and builds. And then we live that way for years and years with our own little secrets, to those things that we are so afraid of, so ashamed of, so broken because of. As the quote stated in the beginning of the episode, it's those wounds that are self-inflicted. And sometimes we stick our hand in that wound and make it worse and make it hurt. Or sometimes we completely cover that wound as if that's going to heal it. And it doesn't. So my sister friends, We have to start addressing things that we're keeping in secret and that's holding us bondage through the guilt and shame of decisions that we've made in the past that we're so afraid that people are going to judge us or talk about us. We have to address those things. And let me share this. Guilt says I'm a good person who has done something bad. And it's okay when we feel guilty about something because that changes our behavior. But shame says you're a bad person for what you've done. And that does not change behavior. That exacerbates the guilt and the shame. And then the guilt becomes excessive. So, Understand the difference in those two. We don't want to have excessive guilt because excessive guilt leads to shame. And then shame leads to us living our lives in secret. So let's start healing, ladies. Let's start helping one another. Let's grab our sisters of the faith and say, I'm here for you. And Beauty Beyond the Ashes is a place where we do that. Beauty Beyond the Ashes is the place that's going to encourage and walk alongside of each of you to help you release the guilt and the shame and finally find freedom. The freedom that was given to us when God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for us. Those sins are no more. So thank you, thank you, thank you for joining me this week. 
please remember, secrecy is the sibling of guilt and shame. So share this episode, share this podcast, because there may be someone who's keeping a secret from you that you can help by sharing this. So like, subscribe, follow, whatever your platform allows. And I will see you all next week. Same time, same place. And until then, remember this. Don't be so uncomfortable with the darkness of your past that you're too afraid to walk into the light of your future. God bless you and have a wonderful day. Thank you.